Hello, today we are talking to Johnny Cartmill from SendCloud, which is a shipping solution for e-commerce sellers. Uh, hi, Johnny. Could you tell us a bit about SendCloud? Hey, Trevor. Yes, of course. Uh, a pleasure to meet with you, albeit virtually. Well, uh, anyway, we meet these days. From Eindhoven, exactly. It looks like you've got a nice background there. That is, that is, that is actually, it's a virtual background. It's, it's a rear window from um, the Hitchcock film. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very creative. Yes, yeah, so, uh, so SoundCloud, uh, as you said, it's, a, it's an all-in-one uh, shipping platform for uh, small to medium-sized uh, e-commerce stores. Um, we're really helping businesses to automate their shipping process from uh, checkout to returns. Uh, so I think it's very relevant these days, of course, with uh, the rise of e-commerce and, and also uh, just how much COVID has accelerated uh, buying online. Uh, and yeah, like I think uh, for me, uh, the e-commerce space is is relatively new. I've only been in it for the last year, year and a half. Uh, I previously worked in a uh, an international company um, dealing with media intelligence and, and data mm -hmm. analytics. And I think taking that and bringing it across to e-commerce is really interesting because uh, there is so much data that businesses need to be able to use in the e-commerce space to make the best and the most informed decisions. Yeah, I mean, I find actually getting the right data is, is because there's so many different channels and stuff, it's quite hard to actually really get to the nub of what, what is needed. Correct. So tell me, with SendCloud, do you provide your own courier solution or do you just help people integrate other couriers? Yeah, yeah, sure. So we actually integrate with um, over 50 carriers uh, all over Europe in eight different countries. Um, so whenever they... Whenever our customers subscribe to our service, they get access to all of that. Uh, they can do use... they have to make have their own accounts with the courier, which then integrate, or can you help them uh, organize the accounts? It, it can be either or. Uh, so some, some customers will come to us with their own pre-negotiated rates with those carriers, and then they will plug them into SoundCloud, uh, or they may just be starting up and they could be brand new and they'll use the pre-negotiated rates that we've okay. got with those carriers. So, so if, if, I'm, if I'm an e-commerce trader, which I am, <laughs> Yes. Um, do you, I mean, okay, so if I, I'm sending something, do I, do I have the opportunity to, to, to use all these couriers and then it would just choose the best one or yeah. does it, yeah, so I could do, I could say, okay, so I've got a parcel which is going to France. I could use one carrier for sending a parcel to France and another one to Germany. Exactly. Okay. It gives you that kind of total customized feel, I suppose. Um, and, uh, you know, there's many, many of our customers that could be, I don't know, expanding into new markets where maybe they haven't got the language capabilities or the development capabilities to integrate a carrier directly into their own platform. They would then use us to have access to that immediately. Okay. So uh, is it just is it just Europe or can you do I mean, because from experience, there's certain parts of the world which are quite hard to ship to. Right. Yeah. For example, South America. Sure. Uh, my experience with South America is if you want to, if you're going to send it via, I mean, like for example, Royal Mail International Tracks, you've got as much chance of it getting there as if you chuck it out the window. <laughs> right. So do you have specialist couriers in these integrated specialist couriers in these particular zones? Yeah, look, we 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 specialize in eight core markets in Europe um, and we partner with carriers in those particular markets. So you've got uh mostly the top five to eight carriers in each market we will integrate with um and of course then some of those international carriers will be able to ship your products internationally mm -hmm. uh whether or not it will receive it will it will end up at the, the final destination in south america 
Uh, well, that is so. So basically, you specialize in Europe, but you don't tend to do the specialists like the Air Americas and the I don't know what are the specialist international couriers. No, no, we we yeah exactly. We focus on eight core markets and okay. Yeah, but of course, uh -huh. they can be shipped all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know, for example, DPD um, would. I mean, they do. They all have a, a service to. I mean, all around the world, you can ship to 180 countries with, exactly. with DPD. Okay, so tell me, I mean, how long has SendCloud been around? What's the history of the company? Yeah, good question. So 2012, which seems like just a, a short while ago, but it's almost a decade. Um, our founders actually were our current ICP, right? Our ideal customer profile. Uh, mm -hmm. So there were three, three, three young lads uh, running an e-commerce store in Eindhoven, and they were doing really, really well. Uh, unfortunately, they realized that the most challenging and and, and costly part of the process uh, in their business was the shipping side, Trevor. Mm -hmm. so, um, they tried to see if they could uh, figure out a way of getting better rates and, and to compete with some of the bigger shops that they were up against, and they couldn't find a solution. So they just decided, uh, you know, screw it, we'll go off and do it ourselves. I think they paid a, a good friend of theirs uh, some, uh, some, some beer money to build mm -hmm. a piece of code and some software, and, and it kind of went from there a couple of weeks later. Uh, they had some some paying customers and i think if you fast forward you know nearly 10 years later um we got 15 20 000 customers that are working with our platform mm -hmm. uh, on, on free solutions but then also uh on our on our software uh, subscriptions uh, across eight markets so there's been massive massive growth and just to put in uh, maybe uh some more relevant numbers as well in terms of the volume that we're shipping uh through the platform there's over half a million shipments being made in a peak day, millions. Right, okay. Of so yeah, it's really taken off, especially in the last couple of years. Um, so, so you're finding, and how have your how have your volumes been going uh, going during COVID? Oh, it's been crazy. I think um, I joined the company in in January last year. Uh, it was a bit of a baptism of fire, right? Just really figuring out what was going to happen. I think there was that level of uncertainty when COVID started. Um, mm -hmm. Is it going to impact business positively or negatively? I think really with the benefit of a year now, we can see that it accelerated what was already accelerating. Yeah. Every day became a, a Black Friday, so to speak. And uh, I think that puts a lot of pressure, of course, on the carriers themselves, uh, but then also the partners that they partner with. Yeah, I think carriers, carriers hate Black Friday. It's not uh, good for them. It's just, you know. It's not so <laughs> Like every day was Christmas, I think. And um, on the one hand, that's a mega benefit. That was a mega benefit to, to e-commerce businesses, to some of them at least. Uh, on the other hand, just a, also a massive challenge, like uh, customer support, a uh, lot of delays in shipments. Uh, yes, it was, it was, it was, um, uh, it was pretty, I mean, because I my, my uh, e-commerce business, the sales doubled in last, this time last year, sales were double. Yeah. Uh, doubled overnight pretty much and it was we started thinking strange thoughts like how do we sell less how do we how do we <laughs> let's put up the prices so we can sell less but did you have any so i mean did you have any any um did you have any kind of customer service problems during that time were you able to fulfill well i think i mean I, I, a lot of stuff got delayed if you call that a customer service yeah. problem so the the a lot of things weren't getting delivered um, and uh, so, yes, I think, I mean, but then, uh, 
platforms like Amazon are the ones who have the metrics that you have to meet. They basically turned off their feedback systems for like three months. So it was less of an issue. Right. But they, the things were, you know, they, they was, I mean, I think the problem was a lot of things that would normally get delivered weren't getting delivered. And there's presumably just these piles of mail and they just take months to get through. So it's a bit like when you have like a mail strike or something, the mail just builds up and it'll take, you know, a, a day or two of strike can create disruption that lasts for weeks. And, you know, I think we're just about, yeah, I mean, I think at the moment there's still disruption at the moment. I mean, there was before Christmas, there was um, the, the issue with um, the Kent variant of, of this lovely COVID thing. Um, and that meant that the, the, the carrier stopped picking up the mail for yep. uh, to go to the EU for a period of days, and that caused disruption for several weeks afterwards. Okay, and uh, yeah, it was it, it was you know things like that happen all the time. It's quite. Um, I mean, but then we get you know things like then Brexit happened, obviously, and that was um, uh, you know had some uh, you know had some unexpected consequences. Like for example, you know, so now everything that goes into Europe has to go into Europe, into the EU has to go in through customs, right? Yep. To January. And that meant that if you're, so we, in my retail business, we, we send some stuff out on like the 29th of December, thinking, oh, that's fine, it's before the first. But we didn't think, and I don't know why we didn't think this, we didn't think, wait a minute, it's gonna get to the EU after New Year, and therefore there'll be this, this duty to pay. We didn't think of that. We just thought, oh, we're sending it before the first, It'll be easy. I don't think anybody thought of that, so don't worry. <laughs> and then, so it all got sent back, and we're like, and, I, and I, in retrospect, that was obvious. But I don't know. So, but, so, many, so many things converging at the same time, right? Brexit, COVID, um, Christmas, Christmas time, New Year. Yeah, yeah. I think you're you're, you're not alone. Uh, yeah, we, we certainly saw that with our customers as well, right? Yeah. Um, quite a lot of confusion. <laughs> not half. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell me what's um so obviously with um with couriers you have the opportunity you know systems like linworks for example have native integrations with um uh, with couriers what is the benefit of using a system like SendCloud over doing it directly in linworks yeah like i think um we we partner with many many we we partner with we've, our partner management team have got and designed i think 80 plus integrations across you know uh, wms erp uh, marketplaces web shop systems the full shebang and, and of course the carriers themselves i think the benefit for uh, customers working with us is that they don't necessarily need to go through uh, the time the hassle the expense of having to integrate carriers directly uh, well yeah, but something like linworks right they have the i mean they've already done the integration so it's just a question of plugging in the the career details yeah um, yeah so you can do you can do it directly from linworks yeah sure i think it's more just the, the ease really okay uh you know working with soundcloud you've got access to a full library of integrations there so it could be linworks it could be uh any other tool that you need for your business yeah um and i think you know for the customers that we work with um you quite often see that they've got demands that go beyond one integration, they might want to have multiple. They want to have might, they might want to have more choice, yeah. Um, especially for their end consumers. So I think, you know, specifically on the on the carrier side, um, 
traditionally businesses used one carrier. I think today and, uh, and going forward, giving the consumer, the end consumer choice in the carrier that they want to be able to use to be able to deliver packages at the time that they want and in a way yeah. that they want, it just becomes phenomenally advantageous. So it's not just about adding value to the shipper, it's about adding value to that end consumer. And I think the demand of the end consumer uh, is really dictating what e-commerce stores at least are are needing to do. Yeah, I'd be surprised because I think with things like, I mean, in the same way, okay, in the same way as platforms like Linworks and Vico don't have their own website solutions anymore, they just say, okay, go to Shopify, go to Magento. I would be, wouldn't be surprised if they stopped doing their own native courier integrations. Because I mean, systems like, you know, Sinclair and, and you know, your competitors, they aren't expensive. Um, and sorry, the legwork is already done. And the legwork's already done. And I, I, would, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they say, okay, you just make a deal. Why? With them, they have, to, they have to support all these things or they can just go with you guys. I mean, well, well exactly. And it's not, yeah, and that's a, that's a main point. It's not just building it, it's the, it's the maintenance. Yeah. We, we've, we've got uh, us and, and other companies in the, in the same environment. We've got big development teams that are working on this day in, day out, you know. So I think. The simplicity, the flexibility, the convenience, and the cost are all kind of key factors for it, really. Um, but I also think, like uh, COVID, again, just to go back to that topic, one of the things that we saw, Trevor, is that uh, some of the carriers were just being completely overwhelmed. Mm. The they were unable to uh, fulfill the orders that were coming through. They couldn't deliver them. And I think what, what happens to you then is a as an e-commerce store, if the one carrier that you're working with is unable to bring that package to the end consumer, it doesn't look so good. No, uh, you're you're not you're not benefiting the customer at the end of the day. And I think uh, to mitigate that risk and to have choice of being able to switch over quite click quite quickly with a click of a button, uh, that becomes phenomenally advantageous. So um, we really saw. We really saw that, and I think that was the feedback that we got from many of our customers. Yeah, and I do find, I mean, it is it is, it is um, difficult as in, you know, you do all the things as an e-commerce you know, merchant, you do you try and do everything right, and you send it with a courier, and the courier loses it, and you think, oh, you know, what am I, what can I do, you know? It can be really challenging, yeah. And I think um, maybe as well, you know, I was chatting, to, I was chatting to a customer of ours a couple of weeks ago, uh, expanding into a new market, actually the UK. Uh, some of the challenges around that with Brexit, et cetera, but they've had this on the roadmap for a while. And one of the things that they said to me was working with a company like SoundCloud or uh, whatever else is available in the market, um, it just enables us to do things really quickly without mm. the cost and the hassle. Um, we can enter a new market. We can use the work that you've already done to help us to get there and if we decide then if business goes well and if we decide to go and kind of negotiate a rate with a, uh, a local uh, carrier directly and then plug that into your platform uh, then we will do that when the time is right but uh, to get us started it's a perfect opportunity yeah, okay. i think it makes a lot of sense yeah. so to, talking about brexit how have you um <laughs> how's your how's brexit been for you guys oh crazy like i think uh on a business level, um, we have launched into the UK during this period, uh, which has been which has been mega interesting, mega mega relevant. I think um, for everybody, it's been challenging. You know, uh, we've we're finding that most of the 
uh, most of our customers or prospective customers, they just want to understand what's going on. Like uh, the, people are trying to make sense of what Brexit means when it comes to shipping and the carrier landscape. Yeah, the carriers don't really seem to know themselves, I think. Well, well that, that's the difficulty, right? So they don't necessarily know what's going on themselves. And I think uh, there's just a lot of confusion, right? So one of the things that we've at least tried to do is to create uh, you know, a really strong Brexit guide. Uh, yeah. Same thing as our competitors that have done in the UK, but just to share that knowledge and, and, uh, and information as we've got it. Um, but I would say at the moment, a lot of confusion. It's quite challenging. It's very difficult for uh, UK companies to ship internationally. We found, I mean, we found it quite hard to do because basically there's quite a lot of kind of jargon going on. Like, you know, we, you know, who's the, um, the, the importer of record? And these things are quite important when it comes to doing tax. And, you know, you, you end up talking to the sales guy in the, the courier company and they don't know. Mm. And so just working out, you know, you've got your, I had my accountant, I had my, my, international VAT provider and I had the courier and they all told me different things and it's like what am I what am I supposed to do oh and the and the courier they were like well we do it you know oh, just I, I think we're all trying to make sense of it look um <laughs> I don't think we have hard and fast answers of exactly uh, how it's going to be but I think certainly the conversations that we're having every day with people we're, we're learning together uh, yeah so, so do you think, do you think that the, I mean, have the, how are the volumes, uh, you know, between the Europe and, and so EU and the UK, are they, have they been affected? Uh, massively. They've slowed down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Both, you know, both ways or, or. Yes, definitely. Uh, certainly coming from the UK out, um, but both ways. And I think, um, uh, the customers we work with in the UK at the moment, Trevor, are focusing on domestic shipments. That's really. But do you think it's an opportunity for those people that are left that that actually actually worked it out to, um, to you know? Do you think are they doing as well as they used to? Or yeah, like, where there's a challenge, there's an opportunity. I think in in, <laughs> in in any walk of life, like we we've I was chatting to some of the guys in my team yesterday and. Um, you know, some of the, the more forward thinking or maybe the larger businesses that really rely on being able to distribute uh, and sell cross-border outside of the UK into the, into the EU, they're now setting up shop in various EU markets as well so that they can fulfill that need. Um, that creates more complexity, more cost, more time, but it's what's needed at the moment. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, yeah, I think that's really, that, that's, that's what we've seen. Mm-hmm. So I've got a question for you. So something um, I've always struggled with is, you know, you've got on, on, on the, in the, when you're shipping internationally, right? So I've always, I'm always looking for the right way of doing things, right? Is there a perfect answer? And, you know, with, with, <clears throat> with, with international shipping, you, you can use a cheap service like, you know, airmail, which is untracked, but is probably, you know, gets there most of the time, most of the time, almost all the time, right? But occasionally you'll have the odd, you know, parcel delayed or lost, and then you can use a track service, which is much more expensive. And, but at least you can, you can give a tracking number to the customer, um, but you'll probably sell less because the shipping's more expensive. Sure. Now, I'm expecting you to know the, the right answer to this question. What is the best way of doing this? Look, it depends on the customer, man. I think people are very price sensitive these days, but they're also expecting to receive the best, uh, the best service and the quickest service that you can imagine. So, um, we had a fun quiz on this actually with our team 
uh, at a virtual sales summit last week. Last week, uh, spending more money and making sure that it gets there means that your customer is happy, but the customer needs to pay for it. I think it's creating uh, an opportunity for the customer to decide, Trevor. Yeah. At least you know having multiple shipping options available to you to check out uh, that puts the control in the in the hand of the customer. So yeah. the way that you look at it as a buyer may be very different to, to the way that I do. Well, it's difficult. I mean, things like, um, I mean, on the website, that's quite easy because you're in control of the shipping options you offer, where something like Amazon, you can do, um, you've basically got one shipping option per country. Or, yep. well, what you really want is you want a slow, like into the EU, you want a slow untracked version and a slow tracked version, where it's what, all you've got, you can have a slow untracked version or an express version. Express yep. and you know there are no express. Uh, well, the from FedEx, there's no kind of express services between the UK and Europe. Not not like next day is what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, and so they don't really let you set that up, which is a bit of a pity. But, but that's what that's why people work with companies like us. They have that choice. Mm -hmm. uh, it so you've got an express. There's an express service between the UK and it, gi it gives them great. It gives them greater greater choice. Look, I think. Uh, uh, multiple multiple carrier options at a checkout by default just puts the the power in the consumer's hands like they get to choose what it is that they want mm -hmm. like that's going to become even more prevalent as we go forward you know innovation uh, in the carrier landscape as well uh, think about it like people are people are, are so much more environmentally and sustainably focused these days, so they're demanding that, um, and they're at least wishing for better options when it comes to uh, to that. If you look at the Netherlands, which is where I'm sitting today, uh, everybody rides a bike. Uh, oh, I could love it. They're very, very green. You've got electric bicycles everywhere, and you see the local market here, and the consumers wanting to make sure that they're receiving their packages in a green, environmentally sustainable way. Mm -hmm. uh, I was chatting to uh, a partner of ours an Israeli company in the office visiting us for the last couple of days. Um, we were talking about drones, you know, uh, during COVID, Israel were one of the fastest countries in the world, of course, to be fully uh, vaccinated. There were mm -hmm. some vaccinations uh, on pharmaceuticals with drones. Um, uh, take a look at manufacturers of vehicles these days with everything being um, self-driving, autonomous. Uh, I think all of this is playing a part in satisfying end consumers' needs. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that uh, the carriers, the way that um, companies like SoundCloud that connect to all of these carriers and all of these uh, these and integrate with all of these uh, systems, need to look at it is what are people what are people going to demand? What do they want? Mm -hmm. um, and how can we be more forward thinking than than anybody else? Uber, right? Um, Uber, uh, taxi hailing companies, food delivery companies, I think everything is being delivered within a moment. You know when your driver is two minutes away, is one minute away, you're able to contact yeah. them directly. And I think exactly the same thing is going to be happening uh, in, uh, in, in the e-commerce space when it comes to shipping. People will demand it. So mm. um, it's an interesting moment in time that we're in. And I think COVID has accelerated all of this dramatically. Yeah. It's not just the younger demographic that are kind of early adopters and using technologies in this way. Uh, everybody has been forced to. 
you know, uh, I'm fortunate enough to still have uh, grandparents, you know, at 90, 92 years old, uh, they've been using this type of, uh, of stuff. They've been buying online and um, they're having conversations with me in a way that we would never have discussed yeah. even a couple of years ago. So I find it really, really interesting. It's very, very relevant. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it's interesting at the moment, Amazon, because we use a lot of stuff on Amazon, they're ramping up their requirements. You know, you're going to have to start delivering stuff on a Saturday. You, have to, you know, they're just always just upping the ante in terms of the customer service. And that will then, you know, that's that's basically what other people have to, um, you know, what, what uh, you know, people who sell for their own websites have to eventually follow. You, yeah, you absolutely um, have to. But look at it, you know, COVID is... Um, COVID is a moment in time that is changing so much. And I think, uh, what was it that was going around LinkedIn recently? I think, uh, uh, who was to blame or who was to, yeah, who, who was to blame for your digital transformation? Was it your CEO, your CTO, or was it COVID-19? I think it's done the same thing uh, in, uh, in the shipping e-commerce space. If you take a look at um, Blockbuster back in the day, right? Remember we used to, we used to rent videos. It is extraordinary, extraordinary to, to think that we used to go and pick them up. Can you believe that? Yeah, I was chatting about that with my wife the other day. Can you even imagine putting a tape or a DVD into uh, in your TV anymore? Like Netflix completely changed that. And I think they did because they understood what the consumer needed. Um, Kodak and Instagram, like Instagram, or Kodak did not listen to what their customers were saying. They wanted things to be digital. Instagram came in and completely revolutionized the way that uh, people took photos and shared things. Yeah. Like, um, what did these guys do? What was the key, the key factor here? They listened to what their consumers wanted. They understood the data. Uh, they could see uptake in consumer behavior. And then they made a decision and off they went and they succeeded. And these market leading companies, they fell flat in their face overnight. And I think um, it is phenomenally important for all of us, whether you're running your own online shop or whether you're a company like SoundCloud or, or Amazon to stay one step ahead of the game and to continuously think, what is it that that end consumer needs? Um, mm. It'll be a win-win. Um, you know, I'm so old that I remember getting Computer Games magazine and typing out the computer games. Oh, really? And it's just extraordinary. Did I even do that? <laughs> like, I know the time, I know you've only got a minute or two left. So I just want to ask you, last question, what has inspired you recently? Oh man, look, uh, that's a good one. I think I, for anybody that knows me, I get inspired quite easily by a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm a, You're I'm cheap, a are you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sportsman at heart, right? So uh, we could talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer trying to turn around Man United or... <laughs> right, okay. Or uh, maybe not the Irish rugby team in the, in the recent Six Nations. But anyway, like I think, um, yeah... Relating this to SoundCloud, right, and the environment that I'm in at the moment, and I think the the opportunities, but the challenges that we've had in the last couple of years. I joined here in, in 2020 in January, so only less than a year and a half ago. There were 100 people in the team. There are 300 people now. Right, okay. We're, we're onboarding, you know, 20, 30 people a month, and I think to be able to do that in a remote working environment, um, it is it's really really challenging. But one of the things that this company does phenomenally well, in my opinion, is that it lives and breathes its core cultural values, which is no bullshit, grow and win and have fun. And the no BS part, um, we, uh, we recently launched a, like a company-wide cultural manifesto. So our CEO did this last week and I thought it was brilliant. It's kind of 
our version of how we think sh uh, things should be done. It's been inspired by Reed Hastings, who's the CEO of Netflix. Mm -hmm. if, you if you haven't read the No Rules Rules book, you should read that. Okay. Uh, it talks all about freedom and responsibility and uh, the importance of candid feedback. And so yeah. we live and breathe that. But I ran a session with my team uh, a week ago, and uh, it was a quarterly review. Um, in that review, we give each other feedback. And I think quite often when you're sitting in a team, you may not actually give your leader or your boss or your team the, the type of feedback that you would expect because maybe you're afraid. Um, we have created a really, really good environment where people have got the confidence to be able to do that. And I walked out of that meeting inspired because uh, I was given feedback from eight or nine people, Trevor, in an open room that was constructive. It was forward thinking. And I sat down that evening, it gives me goosebumps. I sat down that evening and I made a, I made a sort of consolidation of the feedback and I presented it to the full global sales team around about 80 people uh, the next week uh, in our summit, just to let them know, it doesn't matter how you know, entry level you are in your new role, how young you are, or maybe how senior you may be. Everybody has got something to learn. Everybody. Yeah, that's and good. I like that. For me, that's inspired me quite a lot. So, uh, yeah. i tell you what's inspired me as a sport, because you said you're a sportsman. I watched Ted Lasso on Apple Plus. Right. right? <laughs> I don't know. It was corny and it was all about football. It's all about this American football coach who goes to take over a UK football team. Right. right. It's corny. But the, the main character is so relentlessly positive and just believes in everyone all the time that I, I just, I was trans, I felt, I came out, I felt transformed. Yes. <laughs> so I, no, no, really, honestly, it was the most, I, I just got on my wall behind you, you can't see what it is. I've got a little poster which says, be like Ted. Oh, I just to remind myself to be uh, as positive as he is. So I, watch I, it. Yeah, man, listen, uh, emotions are contagious. We're smiling together over. <laughs> That's true. I think when I when I'm interviewing uh, candidates, actually, I always smile to see if I can get that kind of positive nonverbal feedback. But um, I think emotions are contagious. I think positivity goes a long way, uh, and uh, I like that as well. That's really Excellent. cool. Excellent. Good job. Well, look, look, it's been great speaking to you, and uh, maybe we can catch up again in a few months. I would absolutely love to, Trevor. Thanks so much, mate. Okay. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye.